one of the advantages of having a proper management company waiting in the parking lot is that you know that once you let them know, within a few minutes, the property is in their hands. Real quick, before the episode, I want to give you a gift of 25% off. And that gift actually is from TransUnion Smart Move. Go to tenantscreening.com, create a free account, enter the code FAIRLESS at checkout for 25% off your next screening. Because as landlords, we tend to be most concerned with getting paid on time. You might also know that hundreds of thousands of landlords have to deal with the headaches of evicting tenants each year. Evicting a tenant can be painful, costing as much as $10,000 in court costs and legal fees, and take as long as four weeks to complete. What if there's a trusted way to help prevent the headaches of dealing with evicting a tenant? Make the smart move right from the start. Smart Move's online tenant screening solution can help you quickly understand if you're getting a reliable tenant, which will help you avoid potential problems such as non-payment and evictions. For a limited time, listeners of this podcast are invited to try Smart Move tenant screening for 25% off. Here's how Smart Move can help you find your next great tenant. Make a more informed decision with Smart Move's proprietary credit score built specifically for tenant screening, which predicts evictions 15% better than a typical credit score. Reduce non-payment risk with Smart Move's Income Insights Report, which enables you to analyze the applicant's income within minutes and determine if additional income verification is needed. Get critical information quickly with a full credit report, criminal background, and eviction history report. With over 5 million screenings completed, SmartMove can help you make a better leasing decision for your rental property. If you own a rental property, SmartMove can help you identify the right renter from the start so you can avoid the problems of non-payment or evictions. Don't put yourself at risk. Go to tenantscreening.com, create a free account, enter the code FAIRLESS at checkout for 25% off your next screening. With TransUnion Smart Move, you'll get great reports, great convenience, great tenants. There needed to be a resource on apartment syndication that not only talked about each aspect of the syndication process, but how to actually do each of the things and go into it in detail. And we thought, hey, why not make it free too? That's why we launched Syndication School, and Theo Hicks will go through a particular aspect of apartment syndication on today's episode and get into the details of how to do that particular thing. Enjoy this episode, and for more on apartment syndication and how to do things, go to apartmentsyndication.com or to learn more about the Apartment Syndication School, go to syndicationschool.com so you can listen to all the previous episodes. Hi, passive listeners. Welcome back to another episode of the Syndication School series, a free resource focused on the how-tos of apartment syndication. As always, I'm your host, Theo Hicks. Each week, we air two podcast episodes now, as well as two videos that are a part of a larger podcast series that focus on a specific aspect of the apartment syndication investment strategy. And for the majority of these series, we offer some sort of document, spreadsheet, a template, some sort of resource that you can download for free that accompanies that series. All of these documents, as well as the past and future Syndication School series, can be found at syndicationschool.com. This episode is going to wrap up a two-part series. This is part two of the series entitled How to Close on an Apartment Syndication Deal. So, if you haven't done so already, listen to part one where you learned about the three things you need to do before closing. So really just a summary of the last three series that we did. 
So as a refresher, those three things are to one, confirm your interior and exterior renovation budget as well as your income and expense budget. And those are based off of the due diligence reports as well as conversation with your property management company. So that's series 17. Number two is to secure the commitments from your passive investors. Make sure that all funds are wired and all legal documents are signed. That's series 18. And then number three is to make sure that you've secured the financing from your lender. So make sure that you've gone through that entire loan application process and everything is approved. All you need to do is sign on the dotted line, which is series number 16. And then we also walk through what to expect during the actual closing process. And we mentioned how it's a little bit different than the residential because you're going to go ahead and sign some documents three days before closing and then sign more documents the day before closing. And then the day of closing, all you really do is sit and wait for that notification from your lender letting you know that the property is now yours. At which point, the next thing that you want to do is send out an email to notify your past investors of the closing, which is technically your first official duty as the asset manager of your newly acquired apartment community. So congratulations. In fact, you want to maybe title, this is how we title ours, congrats, we've closed. So we're going to call this the congrats, we've closed email for the remainder of this episode. So you're actually going to want to draft this email a few days before the scheduled closing date. That way, the second you receive notification from your lender, not only can your management company take over management immediately, but you can also send out the closing email to your investor so they know within a few minutes of you knowing that the deal has closed. And then at this point, you can celebrate however you seem fit. So the purpose of this email is going to not just be to let your investors know that you close, right? Because you can just say, hey, we close, and that's it. Well, no, we always want to provide our investors with extra pieces of information whenever we are contacting them in any way. So you let them know that you close, but you also want to, at this point, set expectations for the process going forward. So what should they expect each month, each quarter, each year? So as I mentioned, a few days before closing, you want to create this email. You should have all the information you need before you actually close. You might need to tweak a few things if the closing date gets delayed a little bit. But in general, you should be able to create this entire email and draft it before you actually close on the deal. So in the first sentence, you're going to want to mention, congratulations, we've closed on XYZ property. And then in the next sentence, you're going to want to include information about the fact that You've already taken ownership of this property, so the closing documents have been signed. The abstract keys are in your hands, really in your property management company's hands. And well, they're probably in a lockbox in the clubhouse that they've approached. And that your management company has already taken over operations of the property. So that's one of the advantages of having your property management company waiting in the parking lot, is that you know that once you let them know, within a few minutes, the property is in their hands. So that's what you want to put in the next sentence. Obviously wording it as if it already happened, even though you're writing this a few days before it's actually happened. And then next, you're going to want to set up expectations for ongoing communication. So things to think about and information to include in this next sentence or next few sentences is how often do you plan on providing your investors with updates? Are they going to get weekly updates, monthly updates, quarterly updates, annually updates? Well, the frequency of updates change depending on where you're at in the business plan. So 
One thing you do is send out weekly or bi-weekly updates during the first year just because you got a lot going on. You know, a lot of capital improvement projects are happening. A lot of units are being turned over, new leases signed, renovations done to units. So you might have enough information to do weekly or bi-weekly emails. Then once the major renovations are done, you might move to monthly. And then after all the interiors are done, maybe you just start doing quarterly updates. Maybe you just do annually updates. It's really up to you. Joe's company sends out updates each month. In these updates, he recaps the previous month's operations. So we'll go over in more detail about these recap emails. Then the next series, we'll talk about the actual asset management duties. But again, I do want to let them know what you plan on sending them. So you know, we send them the previous month's operations. Plus, on a quarterly basis, we send them the financials. So we send them the actual profit and loss statement. And we send them a current rent roll for that quarter. So for you, you know, the frequency of these recap emails, the type of information that you include in these emails is really going to be up to you based off of your business plan and the preferences of your investors. You can send exactly what we send. You can send more, but you can send less. Again, that's going to be up to you. But whatever you do, you want to let your investors know up front and then make sure you're adhering to those expectations throughout the business plan. Next, you're going to want to also include some additional information about their distributions, about the taxes, and anything else that's going to be relevant to your investors. Now, you could technically include this in the email if you want to, but we actually have a separate document that we link to in our closing email, just so the email is as succinct as possible and doesn't have a lot of bullet points and data tables and things like that. So we actually have a link that you click and you can download the investor guide. So we're going to provide you, if you're listening to this episode, the free document this week is going to be a free investor guide template. It's an actual investor guide template that Joe has used on previous deals. So I think you include the information I mentioned before. You can say something like, for additional information on distributions, tax timings, etc., click here to download our investor guide. And then you can leave it at that. Click on the investor guide, and then you will have a PDF that hopefully is ideally is one page long that includes all additional information on the distributions and on the tax timing and really anything else. So the purpose of this investor guide is to essentially proactively address any questions that your investors are going to have about the deal process. So more information about ongoing communications and updates, tax information, distribution information, really any other relevant piece of information that your investors might ask you a question about. Because if you have 100 investors and you send out an email that says, hey, we close, congratulations, can't wait to work with you, and that's it, well, they might ask you, well, when do I get my first distribution? When do I get my K-1? When am I going to be receiving updates about the deal? When am I going to hear from you next? What information will those updates include? So rather than having to field hundreds of emails, just think of anything that your investors might ask and make sure you include that in this investor guide. So you'll see how our investor guide is formatted and the types of information that we include. But overall, here are some things that you're going to want to think about including in your investor guide. So from a communication perspective, and again, some of this might be a repeat, of what you've had earlier in the email, which is totally fine. Saying something twice is better than not saying it at all. So first thing could be how often we provide those updates. So again, monthly, quarterly, weekly, will change throughout the business plan? Next, what form will they receive these updates in? So are they going to get an email each month? Will there be a conference call they can dial into? Will it be some sort of a mail document or a mail newsletter or will it be something else? Next, what will these updates include? So you can explain to them, we're going to send you updates each month 
It's going to be an email. It's going to include X, Y, and Z. Next, will you be sending them detailed financial statements or other financial or operational reports? And if so, what and when will they receive those? And how will they receive those? And then lastly, when should they expect to receive their first update? So will they receive an update in 30 days? Will it be by the same day every single month? Like we send out our updates by the 14th of every single month. So if we close on the 31st of July, then we would send out our first update on the 14th of April. So that kind of concludes the types of communication related information you want to include that are in the investor guide. Next is tax information. So what type of tax documentation are you going to provide them? Generally, this is kind of your standard department indication deal. You're going to want to send your investors a K-1 tax document, which outlines the annual distributions that were received by each investor, as well as any depreciation. And we'll discuss how to do this again when we start discussing asset management duties. So how to send out these K-1s. And then when will you send these K-1s out by, or whatever tax documentation you send out. So obviously tax day is what, April 14th, so the date should be before April 14th, just so they can complete their taxes on time. Next, and this is probably what the investors care about most, is the distribution information. So how do they make their money? So how often will you send the distributions? Is it going to be monthly, quarterly, or, or annually, or some other frequency? When will they receive their first distribution? So will they receive it within 30 days, at the end of the next month? Typically what we do is we will send it out about 30 days after closing or more. So let's say we close on a property on July 15th. The first distribution will be sent out at the end of September. It'll include July 15th through 31st plus all of August. Or it'll be sent out at the end of August and just include the time the property is owned in July. It really depends. If you close July 30th, we're not going to send out one day's worth of distributions at the end of the month. So usually, you'll receive the distribution for the previous month at the end of the next month. So you'll receive August distribution at the end of September, September distribution at the end of October, etc. For you, it can be whatever you want. It likely, it's going to be based off of what your property management company can do. But it's going to be difficult to do August distribution at the end of August because you might not have all that money collected yet. Next, what will be the amount of their first distribution? So most likely it's going to be prorated based off of whenever you bought the property. So if you close July 15th, then the first distribution will either be, if it's covering just July, it'll be 15 days worth that preferred return. So 8% divided by 12 months divided by those days multiplied by 15. Another thing I want to include is what is the distribution amount after that first distribution, which is most likely going to be just that prorated preferred return. So whatever preferred return is divided by 12 months, times whatever their investment was. Also, will every distribution be the same or you distribute more at the end of each year? So generally, you've got your preferred return and then you've got that profit split after the preferred return. So what we do is we will go ahead and distribute 8% no matter how well the property performs. And then at the end of the year, we will evaluate the return. So after 12 months, we'll be like, okay, well, the property actually cash flow 10%. So we're going to go ahead and distribute an extra 1.5% to our investors. So in that 12-month recap email, you say, hey, the property performed above our expectations. We projected an 8.5% return year one, but we actually had 10.5%. So rather than getting an extra 0.5%, you're going to get extra 1.5% at the end of the year. So most likely, the end of the year distribution is going to be higher regardless. Ideally, you've exceeded expectations so that you're able to distribute more than you actually projected. 
And then also you want to include information on how they'll actually receive their distribution. So is it a check in the mail? Is it a direct deposit? Typically, this is something that would have been set up prior to closing. And then typically what you want to do is you want to include like a clause or disclaimer that says, hey, if you decided you wanted to check or decided you want to direct deposit prior to closing and then you change your mind, please give us one distribution cycle for those changes to come into effect. Now, one more note about this investor guide. So the one that we send you is really just kind of like a standard Word document. It's not the one that we actually use now. The information is included, but the look of it is different because we actually have ours designed. We've got our logo at the top. The formatting is a little bit different. We've got some designs at the bottom. So you might want to consider going to a place like Upwork.com and hiring some sort of contractor to actually create a design for you. Send them a template. You can use them our template and then ask them to design it based off of maybe a logo you provided them and like three color schemes you provided them. Or you can just use a standard Word document. It's really up to you. At the end of the day, it's really about the information included, but you know, sometimes people like to see things that are a little bit more aesthetically pleasing. So that's the second to last thing you want to include in that congrats, we closed email. The last thing you want to include is a bullet point or paragraph that references some sort of market related update or business related update since you've closed. So this could be the market is on some sort of top markets list, best places to live, best places for jobs. It could be something about the city had the highest job growth in the nation, lowest unemployment in the nation, highest rent in the nation, things like that. It could be about a business or a Fortune 500 company that's moving to the area. It could be about a Fortune 500 company who's expanding to the area. Something that reinforces your thoughts on the strength of the market. So we can say interrelated news, ABC tool, which is number 10 in the Fortune 500 company list, recently announced that they are expanding into this area. It should bring 500 new jobs over the next three or four years. They're investing $1 billion in a new facility. This reinforces our thoughts on the ongoing strength of this market. And then you can conclude the email by saying, looking forward to this being a successful deal. If you have any questions, please let me know by replying to this email. And if you want to, you can provide your phone number as well if you want them to call you. So make sure you get this email drafted prior to closing so that the second you close, you can go ahead and click send on that email. Of course, double-checking one more time that all the information is correct, especially if the closing date got pushed back a few days. You're going to want to update the dates in your investor guide. And from there, once you hit send, you've officially started off as an asset manager by notifying your investors of a deal you've closed on. And the next step is to manage the business plan until you sell. So the next chunk is going to be from the time that you close to the time that you sell the property. That's going to be when you're the asset manager. And so the next series is going to go over in detail exactly what you need to do as an asset manager. It's probably going to be a very, very long series. So I might not even give it a length at first because it's probably going to be at least eight parts, possibly ten parts because there's a lot to cover. There's a lot of things that you're going to need to do in order to ensure the successful implementation of your business plan. In the meantime, you can listen to part one where we talked about, again, those three things you need to do before closing as well as the closing process. And also listen to the other syndication school series that take you all the way from being a complete noob to closing on your first deal. Make sure you download the free investor guide document. All of this can be found at syndicationschool.com. Thank you for listening and I'll talk to you next week.
If you own a rental property, TransUnion Smart Move can help you identify the right renter from the start so you can avoid the problems of non-payment or evictions. Don't put yourself at risk. Go to tenantscreening.com, create a free account, enter the code FAIRLESS at checkout for 25% off your next screening. With TransUnion Smart Move, you'll get great reports, great convenience, great tenants. Are you ready to close more deals and officially seal your financial freedom? The Dwellin Show with Ola Dantis discloses the most innovative real estate investing strategies to kickstart your quest to financial freedom. Go listen at www.dwellyn.com forward slash show. That's dwellyn.com forward slash show.